0: It's August 24th, 2023, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Chris Kotnor,
1: And I'm Riley Fessler.
0: Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Yevgeny Prigozhin, the founder of the Wagner Mercenary Group, died in a plane crash two months after his failed coup attempt. The crash fueled speculation that Russian President Vladimir Putin might have ordered the downing of the aircraft due to Prigozhin's perceived treachery. Prigozhin, once known as Putin's chef, has turned against the Russian government's handling of the war and led an uprising. After an apparent truce between Prigozhin and Putin, the crash occurred, resulting in Prigozhin's death along with other passengers, including Wagner figure Dmitry Utkin. The cause of the crash was subject to various theories, with some suggesting it could have been staged by Prigozhin himself while others speculated it might have been a hit ordered by Putin. Prigozhin's controversial history involved building a catering business with government contracts and establishing the Wagner Group during Russia's involvement in Ukraine. His strained relationship with Russian military leadership ultimately led to his isolation. The first Republican presidential debate featured eight candidates engaging in
1: intense exchanges, Disproving expectations of boredom without Donald Trump's presence. Vivek Ramaswamy stood out by confidently confronting fellow candidates and positioning himself as an outsider. Mike Pence demonstrated his debate stage experience, appealing to evangelical Republicans with his stance on abortion. Nikki Haley surprised by criticizing Trump and the Republican Party's fiscal policies, displaying potential for future presidential bids. Tim Scott and Chris Christie held their ground without major standout moments while Ron DeSantis disappointed, failing to assert his candidacy against rivals like Ramaswamy, Pence, and Haley. Asa Hutchinson and Doug Burgum struggled to make a strong impact, likely jeopardizing their chances to qualify for the next debate.
0: During the final day of the BRICS summit in Johannesburg, South African President Cyril Ramaphosa announced that Saudi Arabia, Iran, Argentina, Egypt, Ethiopia, and the United Arab Emirates would join the BRICS group as new members in January 2024, expanding the existing five-member group that includes China, Brazil, South Africa, Russia, and India. The expansion was deemed historic by leaders like Chinese President Xi Jinping, who stated it would invigorate cooperation and contribute to global peace and development. The move to include new members from the Middle East and beyond Was driven by the aim to establish a multipolar world order and counter the influence of Western powers. Russia and China, facing sanctions from the West, were seen as strong proponents of the expansion. However, some experts have pointed out that despite its 15 year existence, the BRICS group has not achieved significant impact due to differences in political and social interests among its members. Over 40 countries expressed interest in joining, with 23 formally applying. The summit concluded with this announcement and the presence of more than 50 heads of state and leaders. In other news, Japan has commenced the release of treated
1: radioactive water from the Fukushima nuclear power plant into the Pacific Ocean, a move that has sparked controversy and led to China imposing a ban on all aquatic products from Japan. Due to concerns about radioactive contamination. Despite claims from Japan that the release is safe and endorsed by the UN Nuclear Watchdog and the International Atomic Energy Agency, China remains opposed, emphasizing the need for Japan to prove the safety of the discharged water. The Fukushima Daiichi plant was severely damaged in 2011 by an earthquake and tsunami, and the ongoing water release is a critical step in the plant's decommissioning. This action has led to protests and opposition both domestically and internationally, with concerns about potential health and environmental
0: impacts. Former President Donald Trump is expected to surrender to authorities in Georgia on charges related to attempting to overturn the 2020 election in the state. This action is set to result in a historic occurrence, a mugshot of a former American president, Despite legal issues, Trump remains a leading candidate for the 2024 Republican nomination, and his presence during a recent debate has shifted focus to him. This is the fourth criminal case against Trump since March, with charges ranging from federal cases to a recent indictment in Atlanta involving racketeering. Trump has turned his court appearances into campaign events and fundraising opportunities, asserting that the charges are politically motivated. His surrender in Georgia is notable due to the troubled conditions of the Fulton County Jail. However, he is expected to be released on a $200,000 bond and various conditions. The booking process will likely yield a mugshot, while arraignment and court proceedings are expected to follow in the coming weeks. Unlike federal courts, Georgia courts typically allow media coverage of proceedings.
1: The Ethiopian government has urged against speculative assumptions about the culprits behind the killing of Ethiopian nationals near the Yemen-Saudi Arabia border, despite committing to conducting an investigation. The Ethiopian Ministry of Foreign Affairs received a report from Human Rights Watch stating that Saudi border guards had executed Ethiopian migrants attempting to cross into Saudi Arabia. The Ethiopian government pledged to cooperate with Saudi authorities in investigating the incident. Human Rights Watch detailed instances of Saudi border guards shooting at Ethiopian migrants, leading to hundreds of deaths. While Saudi Arabia dismissed the allegations, the United States called for a transparent investigation. The UN expressed concern over the allegations, which are difficult to verify. The Human Rights Watch report suggested that killings might constitute crimes against humanity. The report documented systematic abuse against Ethiopian migrants and suggested collaboration between Houthi forces and people smugglers in Yemen. The conflict between Saudi Arabia and Houthi rebels has led to a humanitarian crisis in Yemen. The report called for an end to lethal force on migrants and asylum seekers and urged the UN to investigate the alleged killings. Despite the tragedy, Ethiopia stated that its relations with Saudi Arabia would remain unaffected.
0: On Wednesday, an Indian spacecraft achieved a historic landing on the rugged, unexplored south pole of the moon, a significant accomplishment for lunar exploration and India's status in space exploration. Prime Minister Narendra Modi celebrated the achievement, hailing it as a victory for a new India. The successful landing, witnessed by scientists and officials, sparked nationwide celebrations in India with fireworks and dancing in the streets. The spacecraft, named Chandrayaan-3, marked India as the fourth nation to softly land a spacecraft on the moon following the United States, China, and the former Soviet Union. The challenging South Pole landing could offer valuable resources for future missions due to its ice deposits. The achievement garnered international recognition, with Russian President Vladimir Putin and NASA Administrator Bill Nelson congratulating India. Chandrayaan-3's success bolsters India's reputation for cost-effective space engineering with its relatively low budget. The mission aims to gather geological data and study lunar composition, potentially paving the way for future voyages to Mars and Venus. The event was widely anticipated in India, marked by prayers, tricolor waving, and live screenings across the country.
1: In lighter news, a teenager fishing in a Minnesota lake made an unexpected catch when he reeled in a soaked wallet containing $2,000 in cash. The 14-year-old, Connor Halsa found a business card inside the wallet and managed to track down the owner, Iowa farmer Jim Denny, who had lost the wallet while fishing on the same lake a year earlier. Denny expressed disbelief at the odds of such a recovery and drove from Iowa to Moorhead to retrieve his wallet. Despite offering a reward, Halsa declined, and Denny later gifted him a personalized cooler and a family dinner to show his gratitude. In a similar story, another young man named Simon recently earned the nickname St. Simon after diving into Lake Sunapee in New Hampshire to retrieve a stranger's lost cell phone. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at the Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief. If you'd like more in-depth analysis of these issues, along with our sources for today's episode, be sure to follow the links in the show notes and tune in to our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.